Welcome to this episode of Talking Theology Along the Way. I'm Dustin Coleman. I'm John Candler. I'm Jonathan Woodyard. And our aim is to help real-life people think theologically through real-life problems for God's glory and our everlasting joy. Welcome to the Talking Theology Along the Way podcast. This is our inaugural podcast, and on this one we want to talk a little bit about the guys who are on it. It's not just me. There's two of my good friends here with me. And we're going to talk a little bit about what we hope to accomplish with the podcast, some of the things we might want to cover, who's it for, things like that. So the first person I want to introduce you to on the podcast is Jonathan Woodyard. Woodyard, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Who is Jonathan Woodyard? (laughs) That's a a big question. Um, No, I'm I'm, uh, a lead pastor of Northfield Community Church. Uh, live in Northfield, Minnesota, married to Gina. This would be our 15th wedding anniversary. So if you guys are thinking about gift ideas, you can talk to me later. Uh, we've married 15 years. We have two sons, Calvin. Calvin's 10 years old. Caleb is seven. Uh, and we've lived in Minnesota now. Golly, it's been, we moved there in 2012 and it is 2019. So seven years now in Minnesota. Uh, and planted a church in Northfield out of Bethlehem Baptist Church uh, about three years ago. Uh, and uh, living there with my family, we love our small town, love where we are, love Minnesota. I didn't think, uh, I was telling you earlier, I didn't think we'd ever uh, enjoy a state as much as we enjoyed Kentucky. Uh, and yet, uh, God has just knit our hearts, so to speak, to, to Minnesota. We love being there, and I can't really imagine living anywhere else right now. Uh, beyond being a, a husband and a dad and pastoring a church, uh, I also uh, am pursuing a PhD at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in the area of historical theology. What are you writing on? What What's your topic? What? Yeah, so my hope is to write on Calvin, uh, on an aspect of John Calvin's thought. Uh, so John Calvin, for those who have probably heard of him or don't know much about him, was a Protestant reformer. Uh, lived in the 16th century, uh, and most of his ministry takes place in Geneva. And I want to look at one particular aspect of Calvin's thought, namely how he defined uh, saving faith. So in our um, our day, our uh, last, I guess, probably, what, 15 years or so, we've heard a lot of conversation, a lot of talk about what is the gospel. So we have the Gospel Coalition. We have Together for the Gospel books, What is the Gospel, or God is the Gospel. If you want to uh, sell a book or get people to come <laughs> to your conference, just put gospel in put it. Put gospel in it, right. And right. you'll probably get a good crowd. Right. So, But looking at that, one of the things that's always, I guess since becoming a Christian, that has really stuck in my mind is what does it mean to believe the gospel, to put faith in Jesus? And so I want to look at Calvin's thought and how he defines saving faith and I want to specifically look at uh, how he describes the role of the affections in the area of faith. So you don't really believe in Jesus unless you have strong affections for him. Well, that's what I'm going to try to tease out. Uh, but the question is not so much, uh, I think everybody would agree that you have to believe in Jesus to be a Christian. And if you don't love Jesus, you're not a Christian. Those things are have to be true in your life. You have to believe in Jesus and love Jesus. That's that what marks a Christian. The question, though, is how those two relate. 
is love for Jesus, the affection for Jesus, part of the definition of faith? Or uh, is affection for Jesus a result, uh, an effect of faith? And so those are some of the questions I want to dive into. Sitting to my right, wearing a lovely pink shirt. Manly man. Manly. Manly John Candler. Mandler. Uh, John, tell us about you. Who are you? What, what should we know about you? Yeah, so I am the church administrator at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. I've had the privilege of, of serving in, uh, in that role uh, for a little over uh, two years now. Um, married to Natalie Candler. Uh, we've been married uh, a little over seven years now, almost eight uh, we got married in 2011. We've got uh, three boys. We've got James, uh, who is five, learning to play baseball. Uh, baseball. Greatest game in the world. Baseball? What is it? Baseball. Is that a sport they yeah. play in America? Yeah, yeah it's okay. called America's Pastime. So. Just a little bit about us for background. The two guys I'm with are avid baseball fans. So both Dustin and John love baseball, and I am still trying to figure out what's likable about the sport. Well, maybe the problem is is, is huge. Because I, I, I think of a lot of theologians. Yeah. I, th- I think of Dr. Tom Schreiner. He's uh-huh. a Minnesota Twins fan. Yeah. Uh, Jim, Dr. Jim Hamilton's a baseball fan. Uh-huh. Dr. Stephen Dempster okay, started the okay, baseball okay. team at his college. You, you convinced me. A lot, lot, lot of folks love baseball. I had a professor in seminary that said, you take a book like Pilgrim's Progress. If you don't like that book, it says more about you than it does the book. I feel like the greatness of baseball has been established. Oh, uh, we're, we're digressing. Let's and move if you away don't from like baseball it. back to John Candler. So anyways, my oldest son, James, is five. We're getting into T-ball uh, with, with him. Loves, loves the game. Uh, my uh, second son is Jeremiah. Uh, he is, uh, he's two years old. And then the, the youngest is, uh, is Jude. And uh, he is um, just a few months old. He was born just before Christmas of, of last uh, last year. What else you want to know, Dustin? Uh, no. <laughs> what else you want to know, Dustin? <laughs> uh, I've known you a long time, so I probably want to know less than I know now. Well, that's tell, the, tell the story. Uh, I think this is to get a glimpse of who John Candler is. Dustin tells this story. When you guys lived together, so John and Dustin used to live together in Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know how many, how many years you we guys? We were roommates. Roommates. How, how long did you, how long were you roommates? Oh, gosh. Was it? Two or three, three years. Two or three years, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, Dustin, you tell the story. One day you get up to go to work. John Candler is sitting at his desk working diligently. You oh, came man. back from yeah. work. So, so I worked at a, I worked in a, in a laboratory right out, out of college. And this is one of my favorite John stories because it's a it's a testimony to uh, one of the things I admire most about him. I got up to go to work. He was sitting at his desk working on a project. He's an engineering student. I worked a full day, came back home. John was sitting in the same spot. As a joke, I said, John, have you even got up today? And he looked at me with a dead serious face and said, no, I haven't. That story sticks out in my mind because the ability to, to sit down and devote your mind to a particular topic. I, I, me, I, after 30 minutes reading, i got to get up. I've got to walk around. I've got to call somebody. I've got to do something. And the ability to sit down and 
devote your mind to a topic. And then also, whenever you started seminary, I remember calling you on the phone. I had already moved out of Lexington at this point. I called you on the phone, asked how school was going, and it was the first three or four weeks, and you already had all your papers written. <laughs> <laughs> you had most of the books read. Just yeah. being able to sit down is something I admire about you a lot, John. I think it's something we both admire about. I'll tell you the story about John. Uh, remember, we, John and I went on a mission trip to Iraq together. We were in Erbil, Iraq, northern Iraq, and John and I were in the same room. It was the morning, and the, the host family, the people that were hosting us, breakfast was ready. And I had gotten up, I'd left the room, and we're waiting for John to come because we eat breakfast and we get to work. And John's not coming. I'm like, John, breakfast is ready. John, breakfast is ready. And he's just not coming out of the room. So I go to check on him to wake him up. And he's completely under the covers, completely under the covers. And so I'm like, John, get up. It's time to eat. We need to eat breakfast. And there's no response. So I kicked him. I kicked John. <laughs> And threw the cover off of him, and John was praying. Yeah. <laughs> he was praying. And at the time, I just uh, I laughed. But again, I think it's, it's one of the things that we appreciate about John is his, his devotion, his diligence. He gets his mind on something, and it's immovable. So we appreciate it about you, but it is, uh, it is fun. To well, well the it. challenge with that is, is uh, you know, it, my, my wife tells me all the time, uh, you know, dinner's ready. And, and it's just a quirk of mine when when I sit down to do something, I have a hard time stopping. I have to come to a nice, clean point in which I can I can yeah. stop. It's one of the reasons why I struggle with Pilgrim's Progress is because it doesn't have chapters, and I, I'm a guy that I've got to have chapters. And so yeah, otherwise, little, otherwise, I'm going to read the whole book all, all the way through. There was and a veiled reference there. John is the person who didn't like Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> well, well. Well, but, uh, but, yeah, so but, you die to your preferences, and that's you right. stop, and you love your wife. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we can't let the food go cold. Yeah. yeah so right. so now, since Dustin's asked us to introduce ourself, ourselves, Dustin, who are you? Who is Dustin Coleman? Yeah. Biggest thing about me, I was saved by God's grace in 2003 in a Wednesday night Bible study. I thought I was a Christian for a long time before, and... We were actually going through Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life back when every church in the universe was doing 40 Days of Purpose. My church back home was doing that too. I was talking about how I had gotten away from the Lord. It was hard to get back. And I was struck with the undeniable reality that I didn't know him at all. And I break into call the ambulance on the floor sobbing shaking my whole body I couldn't I couldn't breathe and <laughs> these poor people in the Bible study discussion group around me are looking at each other like what do we do do we hug this guy I don't, I don't really know being struck with the undeniable reality that I didn't know Jesus went home that night I, there was no there was no prayer involved because I don't think even at that point I, I could have told you that oh now I've become a Christian but from that moment on by God's grace, just a great love for God's word, his people. So looking back, I knew that when it was when I became a Christian. Changed my whole life. I'm married to Beth. So you guys started with your work. I'm starting. You're more spiritual. <laughs> That's right. 
I'm married to Beth. We will have been married 10 years on July 25th. My Christmas in July present was her. We have four girls, so you guys have all boys. We have all girls. Maddie is eight, Ellie is six, Molly is four, and Charlotte is two. I serve as the senior pastor of Brainerd Avenue Baptist Church in Countryside, Illinois, which is a little town just about 20 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. I've been there for seven and a half years. I'm also uh, a never-ending student, so I got my undergrad in mathematics from the University of Kentucky, an MDiv from Southern Seminary, and I got a DMIN in biblical theology at Southern Seminary, and now I'm pursuing a PhD in biblical theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I've got two seminars left. Yes, this is our last year. Of Dustin, our, our reading things year. that someone else tells me I have to read. <laughs> and then I can go straight on to reading stuff that I want to read. Well, what are you writing on? I am writing on the connections between Jesus and David in Mark's gospel. So my I, my idea is that, so, so some will say that son of David is not a significant title in Mark's gospel for Jesus. But I think Mark... His style is not to directly quote, but to allude. So I think there's clear allusions to David. And I think he is laying out Jesus as the son of David who suffers first before he enters into his glory. So he suffered, persecuted before he enters into his glory. I think that's one of, and I think it's a significant emphasis for Mark in presenting Jesus. So a lot of Mark for you over the... A ton next... of Mark. Yeah, my demon was... I. I exegeted the first chapter of Mark. So did a lot there. Love the gospel of Mark. And yeah, a lot of people say that Son of David is not big because Mark doesn't quote it explicitly, but a couple of times, chapter 2, chapter 12. But I think he's alluding to ideas all throughout his gospel. Well, Dustin, that, that's that's fitting for you because you know we, we've been talking about memories that we all share together one of the things that, that, that I think about when I think about you is um, the way that you you love languages. And I have, one, you love books, and, 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 you, and you love language books in particular. I have a distinct uh, memory of, of when we were on a mission trip together in Malaysia. And we're, we're out... Um, evangelizing folks and we're, and we're, we're, we're camping out on an island and oh, we, 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 we go out on this boat and we go <laughs> squid fishing. Oh, uh, I was there. I, I don't even remember. I don't know. This was the second trip. You oh, were on okay. this trip. I wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't remember if this was like the South China sea or, or where, where we were, but we catch these, these squid, which was a event in and of itself. We get, get back to shore and all of a sudden this massive storm blows in the boat starts rocking so we're trying to get off the boat uh we get back to our tents because we're camping on the beach and you brought with you a stack of about 50 books in a bag <laughs> because your routine was to get up every morning and do your devotion and you had your your, your lexicons and your dictionaries and your commentaries yeah. and your notebook where you would record. Your, and, and, and it rained so hard that the water came up under the tent yeah. and, and your bag just got absolutely soaked. 
and, and, and you weren't worried about the fact that, that we were covered in sand. You weren't worried about the fact that we were sleeping in a tent and it was a thousand degrees outside. Like your first thought was, my books are and you were just yeah. j- just just devastated but, hey, by but they, God's providence the books were actually not wet yeah. all my clothes underneath <laughs> the books were soaking wet but the books were spared well I want I'm tempted to ask now but we're not gonna I know we're not going to our next episode we're gonna talk about what books we we love books we love reading and that's not something that would have been true of me before I became a Christian. But now all three of us would say books have been a significant part of our lives, particularly after becoming Christians and helping us learn how to follow Jesus. So in our next episode, we're going to talk about some of the books and some of the authors who have impacted us. Yeah. Um, But so far, so that's us three, Dustin Coleman, John Candler, Jonathan Woodyard. Uh, I'm excited to sit down and and do this. Uh, So far, it's been fun. Well, just a little bit of background, too. You hear us mentioning lots of stories, and, oh, you were on this trip, you weren't on that trip. All three of us met at the same church in college, Porter Memorial Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. We all went to to UK. God did a great thing at that church. UK. University of Kentucky. That's yeah. where we all uh, I did, did not go there. Well, you People were, make that common mistake. My you wife were in the there, vicinity. But I was you were around. Yes. You were in the college group where everyone else went to UK. I love the University of Kentucky. Um, but but at that, know. me and Beth, my wife, were talking about this the other day, just how unique that time was. When you think about the guys that were there and, and, girl, and ladies that were there too, people, missionaries working for North American Mission Board, pastors, worship pastors, senior pastors, guys getting degrees, how many – it was a unique time where all these people were here at the same time and people have been all over the country, all over the world, people serving in South Africa with NAM in Indiana, main office in Atlanta, guys pastoring churches in Minnesota, Arizona for a while, Chicago, Augusta, Georgia. There's just guys all over the place here in Alabama. I say here in Alabama, we're in Birmingham, Alabama at the Southern Baptist annual meeting. None of us live here, but good friend of ours, pastors here. It's just amazing how yeah. God brought all these guys together and then now we're spread out all over the place. Yeah. It's been pretty phenomenal to see. Yeah. And that's just, it doesn't happen a lot where you see, and even, it was even just a unique time. It wasn't just that, oh, that church has this long history. It's that unique five, six year period where God just brought all of these guys yeah. who sharpened and, each other. And ladies. And ladies. And, and ladies. ladies, yeah. I mean, I'm married to one that came up through that college ministry. I mean, I'm just, as you're talking about this, it just reminds me of the importance of the local church. I mean, my deepest and uh, my deepest relationships right now uh, are with people that I establish those relationships with in the local church in the context of life on life discipleship, studying the Bible together, doing evangelism together. Mm -hmm. Um, those relationships are the deepest on the planet for me. So just a quick Jonathan story. I feel like we've told good stories about John. We don't need to talk about my story. Just real quick. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan was bold, passionate evangelist when I knew him in college. And I remember at church one day, he said, let's go out to the mall today and let's share the gospel with people, which scared the life out of me. I'm I'm not a guy that can just walk up to somebody and start a conversation. I'm not very good at that. But I thought, I can't, who's going to say, no, I don't want to go tell people about Jesus. I didn't want to look like a jerk. So I go out there 
and we're walking around talking to different people and I see I see Jonathan in the middle talking to two guys that are wearing togas. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, I remember the togas. I don't know if they was it, just I got think it was at Walmart. No, it was at the mall. Okay. It was at Fayette Mall right. there in Lexington. And you're just involved and talking, and these guys are talking to you. And I'm thinking, man, none of my conversations are going this way. I'm like, you want to talk about Jesus? And I'm probably sweating and looking very creepy. They're like, no, man, get away from me. But here's Jonathan out in the middle of the thing my talking about waving. Jesus. And they, but they were engaged. It wasn't like you were talking at them. They were talking to you and smiling. That's a good memory I have of Jonathan. You know, I remember um, doing that as a college group, and sometimes I lament uh, the fact that uh, I don't see the same passion sometimes. And walking up to people on the street, spur of the moment, Target or wherever may not be the best strategy these days, right? You walk up to somebody and say, what was the question we used to ask? If you were to die today, that's your first <laughs> interaction with somebody is probably not the best, but I do, but the zeal, right? You have to appreciate the zeal that we had early on. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I, I like, where is that? I still want to be passionately evangelistic and I'm sure all of us do. So, um, may God give us opportunities even this week to, to share yeah. Jesus. Well, Dustin, we, we spent a little bit of time describing and explaining who we are and, and how we've, we've known one another and how we've, uh, by God's grace, become friends and done life together over the years. One of the things that we want to talk about in this podcast is what we hope to accomplish with the podcast and who the intended audience is. And uh, I wanted to throw a question to you because this podcast really is is your brainchild. So who is the audience and what's the, the purpose here? Yeah, the idea is, so this, this started, I don't know, a couple of years ago. We were meeting at our church, and we were talking about ways that we could increase our influence uh, with people around us. And one of the younger couples in our church said, our church and you, Dustin, you need to be more present on the online community. I, I probably haven't posted on Facebook in years. I never tweet. I'm, I'm just not, I don't think of it. I don't. It's not something that's in my in my wheelhouse, but they said, Dustin, you need you need to have some online presence. So I, I started a Twitter account and I started off well, but I faded after a while. But one thing we did do is started a blog with a couple of friends, Jonathan, another good friend of ours, Nate Milliken. We have a blog together, uh, and then the same uh, couple, the young lady Brittany, she said, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It'd be nice if our church or you put on a podcast and then we can talk to it and I can share that with, with people that I, that I meet and they can get an introduction to you without just have some influence there. And so I thought, well, I've never done a podcast before. I don't even like to tweet. That sounds way, way too hard. But I threw out the idea. I can I don't know if I threw it out to you or we had talked about it. Jonathan, you threw it out to us. I threw it out yeah. and uh, it connected with Jonathan. And he, he was sending out, some texts of different people and some friends of ours who had, who had been involved with podcasts before. Before the day was over, it was, oh, yeah, we can do this. Here's what we need. And then John, again, with his devotion to investigating things, he found the software and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that was the idea behind the podcast. Our church asking us for more influence, and I'm thinking, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So the targeted audience is really folks that are – already Christians. I, I mean, I, people who aren't Christians, I mean, they can certainly listen to it, but I think our 
target audience is helping people think through different issues that are in our churches. So it's issues that are going to be facing them that we think are going to be helpful to them in growing and saying, hey, we actually did a podcast on that. Yeah, so we're aiming at our churches first and foremost. I mean, we're yeah. pastors, right? And yeah. So we, we're all three involved in the local church, believe in the local church, believe in the primacy of the local church. Clarify, you two are pastors. Well, I'm not yet a pastor. Okay, so you're a church administrator. You're on staff, you're on staff at a church. church. Um, but we're, we're all three involved in vocational ministry, mm-hmm. and we want to serve our churches and serve them well. Uh, and so, and then at the same time, we're talking about audience, uh, you know, it would be people outside of maybe our particular churches, but people that we've known over the years that may see, oh, they, they, I know those guys. And, you know, you have Facebook people and Twitter people and people that are different places that know us that may jump in here. But I think for for me at least, my first audience in my mind is I want to use this as an opportunity to shepherd shepherd people, give give pe- uh, people in my church a glimpse into my mind and my life. So they they've had a glimpse into some really close friendships of mine, even in this episode, and then to help them help them uh, live for the glory of Jesus. So we're calling this podcast "Talking Theology Along the Way." Jonathan, that was one of your ideas, one of your titles. Why that title, and how does it describe what we hope to accomplish with the podcast? Yeah, why that title? Well, one is we were throwing out titles, and I didn't know what else to call it. And we we already have a blog uh, that Dustin and I are involved in with uh, another good friend of ours, Nathan Milliken. And we've been doing that for, gosh, over a year now. And going on two, yeah. Yeah, going on two years. And it's it's getting a lot of traffic. We've, we've had a lot of success with it. Uh, and the idea behind that, uh, that blog was to help people think, think rightly about God, His Word, and what it means to live for His glory in this world. And we were doing it through writing. But now I think the aim is the same. We want to help people think about God, his word, and living faithfully in this world. Instead of writing, we're talking. And so just talking theology along the way, and I'm, I, maybe we'll house it at uh, the same same website. And so that's that's the idea behind the, the title. Uh, but it really gets to, I think, what we hope to accomplish is building up the church. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. When, well, what do we want to do through this? What are we hoping to accomplish? Well, we want to build up the church. We want to build up God's people. We want to help them grow into the image of Jesus, uh, Colossians 1, presenting people mature in Christ. And so whatever we talk about, uh, whether it be evangelism or Bible reading or books that have influenced us, the, the aim is to build up the church, uh, people in our respective churches and then any other Christians that may may listen. Uh, I, I, we want to help people think. We want to help people think rightly. Uh, thinking is important. Uh, thinking, by the way, is not opposed to feeling. So we want to serve both things. And if you think rightly and deep thinking will will fuel your affections. I think, I think of uh, Psalm 39.3. Uh, the psalmist says, as he pondered, as he mused, the fires burned, his heart burned. So we want to help people think rightly again about God and the Bible and living in this world and how they do it that for the glory of Jesus and the good of their neighbors. And as they think deeply about the Bible and about God, the gospel, uh, by God's grace, the, the, the fires of affection will burn for Jesus. So we're building up the church. We're helping people think. And then just sharpening one another. 
uh, you know, Proverbs 27, uh, iron sharpens iron. And I think these, uh, these guys right here sitting next to me are iron. And so I want to be sharpened by them so that I can be a, a better husband, a better father, and a better pastor. And then all of this, obviously, why do we do anything in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or do a podcast, uh, you want to do it for the glory of God. Or wear a pink shirt. Or wear a pink shirt, right? Whatever you do. Uh, you want to do it for the glory of God. So all of this is, is building up the church, helping people think rightly, you know, sharpening each other. All of it, though, for the, for the glory of King Jesus. I think that's the, that's the hope. Well, we are planning on dropping these podcasts once a month. We are all busy guys. We all mentioned we have families, churches, either school or projects, things that we're working on. So we're going to be dropping these once a month. The first Wednesday of each month is when these are going to drop, so you can look for that. We hope that this opening conversation has been encouraging, and we look forward to being with you again next time. Mm-hmm.